Welcome to the this episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. Today we'll be discussing Skinwalker Ranch. Official UFO reports in the Unitaw Basin were publicized during the 70s. Claims about the ranch first appeared in 1996 in Salt Lake City, Utah, Desert News, and later in the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury, as a series of articles by investigative journalist George Knapp. These early stories detailed the claims of a family that allegedly purchased inexplicable and frightening events after they purchased and occupied the property. Recognized as the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet, Skinwalker Ranch is a 512-acre secure site that has been monitored for decades with armed security and surveillance 24-7, 365 days a year. This remote location was involved with Pentagon-funded black budget projects studying UFO activity, cattle mutilations, and strange phenomena, and is also known as a living laboratory for studying other intelligences and possible interdimensional phenomena. Joining me today is Deb. How's it going, Deb? It's going good, Doug. How are you doing? Good. Ready to discuss some Skinwalker. We've been living the Skinwalker for the little while now. This entire week we've watched. It's been Skinwalker week. We've watched, we've read, we've studied. 2013 movie, a 2018 movie, and a 2020 documentary that's pretty interesting on the History Channel. Yeah, of course, we have to include the movie that had, it was called Skinwalker, and had absolutely nothing to do with Skinwalker Ranch. It cost me $3.99 on Amazon, too. Ah, well, you know, that's your donation. (laughs) Let's kick it off. All right, well, the ranch is located in West Uintah County. That's in Utah, bordering the Ute Indian Reservation. It was popularly dubbed the UFO Ranch due to its ostensible 50-year history of odd events said to have taken place there. According to Kelleher and Knapp, they saw or investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that included vanishing and mutilated cattle. It's hard to vanish a cattle. Sightings of unidentified flying objects or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes that they say were unscathed when struck by bullets, and invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields. Among these involved were retired U.S. Army Colonel John B. Alexander, who characterized the NIDS, or the National Institute for Discovery Science, effort as an attempt to get hard data using a, a, quote, standard scientific approach. However, the investigators admitted to difficulty obtaining evidence consisting consistent with scientific publication. So what they just recorded a bunch of stuff and nothing really was, you know, no evidence. There's nothing. This seems to be the evidence. The, or, the NIDS did not come up with any hard know, evidence. All, just, but I, although as we read on, well, there's going to be a little more explanation to that. But that's an interesting statement. Cattle mutilations have been part of the folklore of the surrounding area for decades. When NIDS founder, billionaire, and we're going to be saying with a B probably in the future of this uh, episode here, uh, Robert Bigelow purchased the rent for 200 grand, and yet that's a steal. He's got that in his wallet. He's got steal. Yeah, I know. He's got that wadded up. And this was reportedly the result of his having been convinced by the stories of mutilations that included tales of strange lights and unusual impressions made in the grass and soil told by the family 
of former ranch owner Terry Sherman. For funding the purchase of the ranch and for supporting John E. Max and Bud Hopkins' investigations, James Randi called the effort useless, a useless study of a supernatural, paranormal, or occult. In 1996, skeptic James Randi awarded Bigelow a Pegasus yes. award. And I, when, I, when I saw this word, I go, Pegasus? Was he supposed to be Pegasus? <laughs> but no, it's Pegasus. I looked it up. The award seeks to expose parapsychological, paranormal, or psychic frauds that Randi has noted over the previous year. Randy's, Randy seems a little judgmental. He is judgmental, and I know I'm trying to keep an open mind on this. I mean, you're... you're your mind's a little more open than mine. I'm leaning toward, I don't know about this, but, you know, read on. Read on. Okay. Well, later in 2016, Brandon Fugel, 46, a Utah real estate tycoon, bought the 512-acre property from its former, former owner, Aerospace Bill, Billionaire. With a B, Robert B, <laughs> Billionaire Bigelow. He paid, um, yeah, he paid $4.5 million, not quite quite the chump change of 200 grand. Yeah, I know, but, you know. The ranch is officially owned by Adamantium Real Estate. And Adamantium is the... Isn't that the, what they is use? Is that in, the... The, the, um, the knives in... Marvel. The, Marvel. Who's the guy with the claws? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that guy. That guy. The, Wolverine. Wolverine, his claws, I think, are made of adamantium. Adamantium. So, Fugel's ownership remained secret until Fugel described his plans for the property and his alleged mysteries to Bigelow for the property. At least the first documentary we saw, Fugel was in a hotel room, sitting on a table. With his face covered. With, yeah, and talking um, through one of those voice distorters. Yeah, but so, as the thing moved on, now he's, well, that was part of the documentary. Then when we went to, well, the docu the twenty twenty documentary, he's the guy. Yeah, now he's, he's showing the man. himself. After this purchase, all roads leading to the ranch have been blocked. The perimeter secured and guarded by cameras and barbed wire, and surrounded by signs that aim to prevent people from approaching the ranch. In 2017, the name Skinwalker Ranch was filed for trademark through Justia Trademarks, and the trademark was issued in 2018. As we move on with the background, the once secret owner of purported Utah UFO hotspot Skinwalker Ranch has stepped forward now, describing a bevy of sensors and cameras he's installed on the site for the collection of evidence related to anomalous Phenomena, including UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena. UAP is the military's new designation for UFO. I don't think they ever had UFO. It's just like, well, we can't use UFO because that's what the you know the public uses. Well, people so use that. We're going to be using UAP. So when you hear that, that's a milit. That's kind of what we moved. Obviously, these guys aren't. Well, these guys aren't military. I don't think. But located on the Skinwalker in the Skinwalker Walker Ranch bunker is Satan. Satan is in the bunker. Satan should not be in the bunker. That is short for Sentinel Assignment Telemetry and Notification. Satan functions as the hub of all technology on Skinwalker Ranch. It has infrasonic recording sounds below human being sounds it records sounds below human beings hearing. Um, seismic geophones, radio frequency spectrum analyzers, aircraft transponder receivers. You can see where they, that's where 
on one of the episodes, the UFO flew over and then, or like that was a UFO and then, oh no, it's a helicopter okay. and then, right. oh, it doesn't have any transponder. Well, it's got a transponder off. And because it was spying yeah, on them. Yeah, it was them. spying on them because, you know, the military is right. still to this day, they think, spying on them. Magnetic sensors for transient frequencies, software definable radios, electronic spike, excuse me, electronic, electromagnetic spike detectors. Um, so um, with that, Deb, let's get a little history of this uh, fine piece of property. Okay, so um, in 1776, the Dominguez and Escalante expedition traveled through Mighton, which was a long skinwalker ranch, that's you know, 1776 is a big, big year for yeah. America. Um, so in 1789, um, the treaty between the Utes and the Navajo was broken. Yeah, and I understand that the Utes, the Navajo, as I understand it, and the Utes had that they were the Utes were the slaves of the Navajo, some or they used them as well. The Navajos slaves. were much more violent, they were aggressive, much more aggressive. Yes. The Utes were kind of like, Yeah, man, I'm chill, you know, Navajo, ah, take it over. Yeah, there's a little difference in theology. And, and yeah, um, in 1860, the Northern Ute Reservation was established by a presidential decree, and in that same year. The Utes actually joined the U.S. troops in campaigning against the Navajos. Yeah, so they don't want to be slaves anymore. Things got a little worse there. The treaty was broken, now they're going to war. Um, In 1880, several bands of Ute tribes were relocated by the government onto the reservation that surrounds Skinwalker Ranch. And then in 1886, Buffalo soldiers were stationed at Fort Duchesne. One particular soldier was a known Mason and may have connections to the Mason-like symbols that were etched into a rock wall at the Skinwalker Ranch. But we didn't see that no, on the, on the, that on the series. We'll refer to the 2020 documentary as the 2020 series. Um, in 1886, the military uh, finalized constructions of a fort in Fort Duchesne. And then we go to 1906. When newspapers report that um, the homesteaders were reporting strange noises in the Uintah Basin. And now we're in 1934. Well, that's a big, so the big span of time, nothing really happened. Now, things went kind of quiet there for a while. I think there's probably some fill-in we'll we'll be doing there in the future. Okay, we'll look into those years. Yeah, the missing years. Uintah, the missing years. Uintah. 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 In 1934, um, I guess we were purchased and assembled by the Myers family, which was Kenneth and Edith. And then in 1940 to 1960, uh, Pat Stringham reports both UFO and Skinwalker activity at the ranch. And then we go all the way to 1979, when the Arnold family, who owned the Hilltop Bar, witnessed some UFO craft, and then look up here to 1994, um, Sherman, the Sherman family, which Terry and Gwen acquired the ranch from somebody named Garth Myers, we probably should look into him in the yeah, future, because we don't have look a whole lot Garth. for Myers, and then in 1996, Robert Bigelow acquired the property, and in that same and who's year, Robert Bigelow? he's a billionaire, billionaire Robert Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace. And um, he began operating the NIDS program on the property. 
and he concluded those activities in 2015 and then in 2016 we have um, Mr. Brandon Fugel um, who bought it using his Adam Antium real estate and he bought that from Robert Bigelow for some millions of dollars not that 200,000 that and then in 2019, the History Channel and Prometheus Entertainment began filming The Secret of Skywalker, Skywalker Ranch. I can't keep saying Skywalker. Skywalker. That's not the same thing. And um, in that same year, Candace Lynn and Tom Lewis became the caretakers of the ranch. You'll meet them if you watch that series. They're a big part of it. And in 2020, they premiered the series, The Secret of Skywalker Ranch on History. And the whole series is now available, correct? Yes, it yeah. is. There's eight episodes. Ten episodes are coming up, and we're mentioning this so much, I think we should get some royalties. I'm sure they'll send us some I'm sure money. they'll send us some money. We'll get uh, maybe half. Science and discovery are what drive me, not the money. It's not that I'm obsessed with UFOs or little green men or cattle mutilations or shape-shifting demonic entities. I have no idea if aliens exist. You'd have to ask them. Just got to ask the aliens. That's Says Fugel, yeah. he told Vice. Fugel has installed sensors and cameras, Satan, on the Skinwalker Ranch, and has so far collected unreleased footage of anomalous aerial phenomena, in addition to evidence of anomalous injuries and transient EMF. The anomalous injuries are the skin separating from the skull, and then on the in the yeah, series, and then the the uh, the one scientist whose knuckle got it looked like it got infected or it got radiation radiation poisoning, poisoning too. too and he also got radiation burns because the radiation he opened up cistern. he opened up a cistern that led to looked like sewage yeah it was stinky and uh you know and then all of a sudden radiation came out of there and it's important to note that we did atomic bomb testing in the vicinity in the i'd like to say 40s maybe really? 50s um and that that you know that some residual yeah residual I mean it blew into that area because you know the wind blew from west good. to east that's probably not the best thing for cattle either no not the best thing so I don't know if it, you know that, that I don't know if that has anything to do with this but okay. um uh, unexplained electrical phenomena this in addition to the numerous UFO sightings of previous data collected at Skinwalker Ranch by Bigelow was not provided to Fugel as part of the purchase. So I'm kind of thinking that Bigelow has information that he collected with his electronic devices and turned it over to the government. So enter Fugel, and Fugel says, I'm just taking this thing public. And, you know, we're going to install our things and kind of explore what's going on here and make a movie or make a documentary about it for history. Describing the exploration of the ranch's mysteries as the greatest science project of our time, Fugel says he's committed significant resources to uncovering what, if anything, is happening on the property. He intends to eventually release peer-reviewed reports. I'm kind of wondering who the peers are going to be. I think that might be Those consultants are his peers. Hal Puthoff and Dr. Christopher Green have a long history of exploring anomalous subjects and have both conducted research on behalf of the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency. For those of you who don't know what that is, according to Vice, both were involved in Bigelow's research on behalf 
of the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA. Poudhoff is also known for promoting pseudoscience, including pseudoscience, excuse me, including infamous psychic warrior Yuri Geller and Scientologist e-meters. E-meters, what's e-meter again? E-meters are things, I think that's the one they use to monitor your emotional stability. They Isn't have that box. Yeah, they have these things they hook up to you and then they ask you questions. I'm I'm not familiar. Scientology seems interesting. Should we join? We should not join. Well, maybe we should act like we're going to join and then give them our information and they decide we don't want to join after that. And they, they are very um, aggressive in their in their recruiting attempts. <laughs> I think they are, yeah. Well, what if, well who, what if Tom Cruise comes over and, you know. And oh, so, we're joining. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, Leah Remini. Is it oh, Leah Remini? Well, she's not one of them anymore. I'd hang out with her anytime. Yeah, she's cool. In May 2018, a statement by a purported senior manager within Bigelow Aerospace's Advanced Space Studies, BASS, the BASS Group, B-A-A-S-S, was released to CBS affiliate PLAS-TV in Las Vegas. So when I ask this later, it is Las Vegas. It is. Which has a long tradition of reporting on local overlaps between UFO researchers and the military. This statement described alleged observed phenomena documented at Skinwalker Ranch. Deb, tell us a little more. I think you got some more Bass to report. The investigations by Bass provided a new lines of evidence showing that the UFO phenomenon was a lot more than nuts and bolts machines that interacted with military aircraft, the senior manager said. The phenomenon also involved a whole panoply of diverse activity that included bizarre creatures, poltergeist activity, invisible entities, orbs of light, animal and human injuries, and much more. Monopoly? I don't, use, monopoly? I don't use that word enough. Other strange... That is new word I'm to me. Remove that word That's going to be word of the day. Our other strange phenomena was observed by another now-defunct Bigelow-funded organization, NIDS, we discussed NIDS. According to a second-hand report by astrophysicist Eric Davis, which was told as told to researcher, UFO researcher Joe Mergia, and included in a lengthy popular mechanics investigation into the connections between Bigelow Airspace and Pentagon UAP programs, one researcher, geez, researcher <laughs> at Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch saw a, quote, 3D object appear in front of him and mutate from a pretzel shape to that of a Mobius strip before disappearing. Wow. NIDS, re NIDS researchers also described finding mutilated cattle and mysterious beasts with yellow eyes, which were seemingly impervious to bullets. Google will appear in the upcoming, well, you know, as we told you, History Channel documentary. <laughs> I think he's going to come up in the new History Channel and, documentary. And he is in there, and he's, he's a pretty interesting guy. Oh, yeah, so it's already on. Some have called it a supernatural place. Others have deemed it cursed. Terry Sherman got so spooked by the happenings on it. That was like two owners ago. <laughs> on his new cattle ranch that 18 months after moving his family of four to the property, now known as the Skinwalker Ranch, in northeastern Utah, he sold the 512-acre parcel anyway. He and his wife, Gwen, shared their chilling experience with a local reporter in June 1996. They'd seen mysterious crop circles, the German said, and UFOs and the systematic and repeated mutilation of their cattle. 
in an oddly surgical and bloodless manner. Within three months of the story's publication, Las Vegas real estate magnate and UFO enthusiast and billionaire Robert Bigelow bought the property for 200 grand. That seems like a bargain. How much is that an acre? Yeah, <laughs> under the name Nids, Bigelow set up round-the-clock surveillance. Now the now defunct Nids, by the way. Yeah. Bigelow set up round-the-clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of the paranormal claims. But while the surveillance yielded a book hunt for the Skinwalkers, science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah, in which several of the researchers claimed who have seen paranormal activities, they were unable to capture any meaningful physical evidence supporting the Sherman's incredible stories. It's not one picture of a crop circle. No, nothing. No crop circle, no mutilated cattle, no pictures of UFOs. Isn't that Just nice give me my 200 grand and were, take my word for it. There were cameras in there. But I mean, to, to let the ranch go that cheap, they had to have had a reason to want to leave. Yeah, well, what's, what'd they buy it for? It's 500 acres. That's, I mean, so, so you, you can't buy a house It's for 500 acres in the middle of nowhere. They probably bought it for 20 grand. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they sold it for 200 with a story. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Had the Shermans been lying about what they saw or under the spell of a collective delusion? Without evidence, the stories they told are difficult to believe, but they're hardly unique. The Utah Basin of Eastern Utah has been such a hotbed of paranormal sightings over the years that some extraterrestrial enthusiasts have deemed it, quote, UFO Alley. You can't throw a rock in Southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted, a local filmmaker, Trent Harris, told the Desiree News. It used to be you can't sling a cat or something. You can't. Well, I mean. <laughs> no, it's you can't throw a rock. You can't hit the broad side of the barn. Uh, yeah, something you know. like that. Indeed, according to Hunt for Skinwalker, odd objects have been spotted overhead since the first Europeans explorer, explorers arrived in 1776. That was in my history. Franciscan oh. missionary Silvestre Velez de Escalante wrote about strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey. And before the Europeans, of course, indigenous peoples occupied the Uintah Basin. Today, Skinwalker Ranch abuts the Uintah and Uray Indian reservations of the Ute tribe. Were the Shermans seeing things that nearby Native Americans had taken no, note of centuries before then? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Hey, so not everything the Shermans saw on their ranch was skyborne UFOs. They also skyborne UFOs. They also claimed to see mysterious large animals, most notably a wolf three times the size of a normal wolf that Terry shot at a close range multiple times with a rifle to seemingly no effect. Well, he shot it with a three fifty. shot it with a pistol. If you, or the story I understand is shot it with a pistol like three times. The thing didn't even, didn't even glaze him. So we've got the deer rifle, 30 on six. That apparently had some effect. So the thing runs off. He chases the thing down into the creek and he runs after it, goes up the other side of the creek and the thing had disappeared. Wow. So, I mean, no tracks, nothing. I mean, you know. Then on the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, biochemist Cone Kelleher, working with Bigelow's NIDS, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. Just chilling. I like things in trees. Just chilling. 
As he detailed in Hunt for the Skinwalker, the creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perch 20 feet off the ground. The large creature lay motionless, almost casually in the tree, said Keller. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking lies as they started fixedly back, stared fixedly back at the light. After Keller fired at the creature with a rifle, it disappeared. It was then that I saw a single obvious oval track of about six inches in diameter embedded deeply into the patch of snow. It looked unusual, a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge and from the depth of the print from a very heavy creature. This, I mean, only one print? Ah, what, did you fly away or you know, what happened? I don't know, but I would have taken a picture of the print. 50 yards, I don't know. He could see it at 50, but he couldn't take a picture at 50. Yeah, yeah. Who takes a camera when they're out doing research? Repeated sightings of human-like creatures. Isn't that the purpose of research, having recording equipment? <laughs> I guess we do things differently. Okay, just say it. Some people just like to describe it later. Okay. Maybe, it, maybe a sketch. Yeah, just a small, okay. Just, maybe I, maybe okay. a sketch. All right, all right, maybe, I got you. Little crayons. Okay. Repeated sightings of human-like creatures have led some to evoke the name Skinwalker, a shape-shifting character from Navajo tribal folklore. Among Navajo, skinwalkers are like werewolves, evil witches who can transform themselves into the creatures of their choosing. I think there was one of these on Longmire. Oh, really? That series Longmire, yeah, they had a thing about a skinwalker, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll have to watch Check it out again. on Netflix, another well. fun series. But Sherman's family ranch was 400 miles north of the Navajo Nation. It was next to Ute territory. And when the Utes and the Navajo did cross paths, it was an acrimonious relationship, explains historian Sandra Jones, author of Being and Becoming Ute. It was not friendly, Jones says. The Navajo were more aggressive people. They took slaves. They had Utes as slaves. And there was direct conflict when the Navajo attempted to move up into the Ute territory. At modern day, or the territory that was at modern day Pagosa Springs and Durango. While skinwalkers don't feature in Ute religion, there are still aspects of the ranch that make sense within the context of Ute lore. Other strange sightings have occurred directly next door at Bottle Hollow, which is a 420 acre man made reservoir on Ute land that abuts the ranch, and it was filled with fresh water in 1970 by federal government mandate. In 1998, a police officer saw, saw a large light plunge into the reservoir, then reemerge, flying up into the night sky. One night in 2002, four young, non-Indian men standing on the reservoir shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. And according to the hunt for the skinwalker, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore, then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering, maneuverable belt shaped shaft of light and after performing a brief writhing aerial dance the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of skinwalker ridge yeah bottle hollow was named because and i'm assuming this is before it got water in it it was the hollow right 
is that they people would drink there and just throw their bottles. Oh. That's the reason it got its name. People so would drink there and bottles just full of empty bottles. So now now, it's now whatever's in there is pissed off because of all the trash. So it's flying around. And now we just filled it with the water. And then, ah, we gotta, you know, what are we going to do with these bottles? That's yeah, filled with water. And they won't be able to see it. Then. The appearance of the supernatural around Bottle Hall makes sense with the context of the Ute belief. According to Jones, amongst the Utes, springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. These were evil spirits that would rise up out of the water and drag you in. Well, you want to, I do not. I'm that, that, way away from the edge. You can have your little floaty thing. You can find oh, no. I'll take my floaty thing. Throw that little that board you float on. <laughs> Those who have followed Skinwalker Ranch closely know that Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, BASS, via the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program, AWSAP, worked with the Defense Intelligence Agency, we'll call it DIA, and possibly other groups within the government. Something that has been speculated about but not confirmed until now is whether the new ownership groups um, of the Skinwalker Ranch has also interacted with the government. During an interview on Coast to Coast AM, George Knapp and the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, Brandon Fugles, said this, that was me. Yeah, George, um, speaking as George Knapp, Brandon, as far back as the Ranch family that owned the property before Bob Bigelow bought it, they had told NIDS researchers that they would occasionally see what they presumed were military folks, helicopter flyover, or, you know, people in SUVs with binoculars checking out the property. And then, of course, as we all know, the ATIP program was actually something else called AWSAP. That was initiated by the DIA. Bob Bigelow had a contract with them. They were studying the property and a much broader spectrum of issues. And I wanted to know if you've had either outreach from government to ask you what's going on there or request a partnership or any interdiction that you are under surveillance out there from unknown parties. All right. Now I'm going to be... You're Brandon. I'm Brandon. Brandon? I'm, what have you... I'm, Brandon? I'm, Brandon has a lot to say. I'm, I got to be Bob now. Good questions, <laughs> Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thank, first no and, problem, Brandon. First and foremost, in response, I've had no interest in partnership with the government. Not because I don't love my country. I love being an American. We live in America. the greatest country in the world and are very blessed and fortunate to be America. and to be part of this incredible United States of America. But I just do not want my investigation ever to be compromised and really have no interest in partnering or being involved or taking money from any government related enterprise. That said, give me the money. That the, said, in direct show me the money. To your question, yes, I have been approached and we our team was summoned in the past to Washington DC to give testimony and report on what we have been observing on the property. There appears to be a very real, sincere interest on the part of a number of agencies and programs that are at least monitoring what is happening relative to reports on the ranch, and they seem sincere and in the spirit of collaboration. Again, I didn't have any problem presenting the evidence and the data that we collected, and I felt like it was a demonstration, at least on my part, and my team's part that we really do consider this a stewardship and we're sincerely focused on the facts and really utilizing real scientific rigor. The one thing that disappointed me was the lack of exchange. I mean, it seems that everyone wants information. 
Everyone wants us to impart that which we have learned, which is great, and we're happy to share, but we see very little exchange, and that's a little disappointing. So they're giving it to the military. They're giving. So they He's, are giving it. But the government's not giving anything they're back. They're giving it to the government. The government's not giving anything back. Bigelow says is basically with NIDS, is through NIDS, is mm -hmm. down to funk NIDS, is given the government that information, but the government's, I can see... Well, the government's asking questions, but that's... I can see what Brandon, what Brandon... He's not frustrated. He's like, I'll just get my own answers. But, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to build on other research, you know, make a lot easier to get your information. Of course but it would. It's typical much... government bullshit, but whatever. Well, that's probably one of the more, most disappointing aspects of my journey. I felt like we're kind of in a lot of ways on our own, which is both exciting, but it's surprising as well. I would have expected a little bit more of a cooperative exchange, but hey, let the chips fall. I don't really care. We are running a privately funded and manned program and investigation, and I think that's a, really helped us maintain the integrity of what we're doing and also allows us to think, share, to I think share what we are doing with the public. I think one thing that Mr. Bigelow was challenged with is I think he and his people were dealing with classified information and I'm sure there were non-disclosure agreements in place, and I respect that. I completely respect that they need to honor those, but we're approaching this from a whole different angle. What do you say, George Knapp? Well, as George Knapp has the same, Knapp doesn't typically have as much to say as Brandon does, but um, the premise of the AWSAP, A-A-W-S-A-P study, which passed B-A-A-S-S, was the contractor for the DIA. Is it there? Are national security implications for what has been reported at the ranch? I don't know how exactly what, I don't know exactly what that is. Maybe wormholes, holes in the sky, beans coming in and out from someplace else, an intelligence report operating there. Do you agree that there are national security implications there, Brandon? I do. Well, yeah. I think that, there, that you're seeing objects and phenomena that are seemingly violating our airspace that aren't showing up on radar radar, or really operating, behaving the way that conventional craft would behave. I think it should raise questions. I would think there are implications, and I would think it would be of great interest. I'm glad there has been, I think, a more serious effort to bring the truth to light. I think that the New York Times story and the other journalism, the other reports that have now come forward, and everything from your fighter pilots to others that have had the courage to go on record, record relative to what they've seen, I think it really shows that we may be entering a new era of disclosure, or at least honesty, and I think that's refreshing. I would think that anyone who does their due diligence and looks into this field of inquiry has to look at it from an honest perspective and has to admit there is some real compelling evidence. We've seen it at Skinwalker Ranch. The government being briefed on UFOs is not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. Several senators and even President Trump, <laughs> President Trump, have gone on record stating they have been briefed. Pilot Dave Fravor has been involved in at least some of these meetings. His involvement was highlighted to the Stars Academy television show Unidentified. Skinwalker Ranch was has its own History Channel show. It was its own History Channel show, as we've mentioned three or four times earlier. Soon encompasses more than UFOs. It includes other aspects of what many would call the paranormal world. However, some have speculated government interest in this wider spectrum of the paranormal may have ceased when BASS, B-A-A-S-S, disbanded. 
possibly in part due to religious pressure within the government. That, that is religious pressure. Mm -hmm. With Brandon Fugel's claim that he and his team briefed the government, what is Washington still interested in more of the paranormal spectrum, or does their interest solely lie in the UFOs? Regardless of what exactly their interest is, or what it may be, the fact that these briefings occurred are huge steps forward in what some would call disclosure. Anytime there are claims or proof of government interest in paranormal topics, or specifically UFOs, it gives activists examples to cite when making their case to the world at large. Then we had a, uh, looks like for you, the KFS, um, KSL TV uh, visit to the ranch there. So um, regulars maintain that sometimes um, someone can spend weeks at Skinwalker Ranch and nothing odd, odd, nothing bad, nothing unusual will happen. And then in an instant, everything changes. You get that sense. Ah, you get that sense <laughs> that, that you shouldn't be here. Sometimes the hair will start standing up on your arms, said Ranch Superintendent Tom Winterton. I've had a feeling of dread or terror come over me, and I can't get off the ranch fast enough. The feelings roll in like a thunderstorm, and Winterton said they often perceive the mysterious events that have become synonymous with the ranch, now the focus of a TV series. Um, Did you know there was a TV series a on the History Channel? That's History Channel. Do they yeah. even Skinwalker Ranch? What is the what is the name of it? Something Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Okay. Just thought we'd mention that. Poltergeist activity, UFO sightings, cattle mutilations, bizarre injuries, transient red, red, radiation spikes, and anomalous visual and audio phenomena have all been either reported or documented over the decades. I came on the ranch as a complete skeptic, Winterton said. Then he said he was tasked with carving out some dirt roads on the property to improve accessibility. The legend here on Skinwalker Ranch is, don't dig. Don't get off the boat, don't dig. Don't dig. I had a mysterious lump develop in my head pretty rapidly, and over the course of a few days, my scalp completely separated from my skull. That was pretty gnarly. We yeah, well, we saw out. the x-ray. Well, we saw the alleged x-ray. You know. Now, now. He had a bump on his head. <laughs> we saw the bump on his head. So the history of Skinwalker Ranch, the, the, the shadow of the Skinwalker has loomed over the property dating back to a curse apparently placed on the lands long ago by a Native American tribe. So we're assuming that it's a Navajo or the Utes. We don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. The Charmin cursed this ground with the demonic being that can take the form of people, says, say, a wolf, a coyote, or crow, or human, Witherton said. Accounts of the unknown are believed to date back well into the 1800s. In 1996, then-ranch owners Terry and Gwen Sherman, the ones that ran screaming from the area, told the Desiree News about a host of activity on the property they struggled to explain, including sightings of three different types of UFOs. Now, we talked about these guys before. But now mm -hmm. it's three different types of UFOs. Now they've cataloged yes. different, you know, maybe it was a, one was a 72, one was they, an 82. They thought about it a little more. Yeah, man, one was a 72 pinnel wagon style. Different types of UFO cattle that either disappeared or were found mutilated. 
including one that had a peculiar hole in the center of its center of its left eyeball, but was otherwise untouched with no trace of blood. This no trace of blood thing is kind of like, okay, well this happened somewhere else, and they just yeah. dropped this thing because what it happened to the blood? A lot. For a long time, we wondered what we were seeing. If it was something to do with the top secret project. Terry Sherman told the Desiree News for the story that appeared in the paper on June 30th, 1996. I don't know what to think of it. The Sherman family sold the property. Las Vegas. Billionaire. Bigelow Aerospace founder Robert Bigelow, he told the Desiree News in 1998. The strange activity had continued as his nonprofit, nonprofit National Institute for Discovery Science investigated the lands. We wouldn't be there if just for the weather, Bigelow told the paper for the story that appeared in August 10, 1998. Should people be fearful of anything from the NIDS? Absolutely not. But I think the jury is way, way, way out and a long way from coming back on whether or not we know enough to say that they shouldn't have something to fear from the phenomenon. That's a lot of double negatives in there. I know, that's what I'm saying. So where are we today? Now we're on Skinwalker today. Today, very little has been made public about what Bigelow and his scientists may have done or found at the ranch. Though a New York Times report in 2017 connected Bigelow's company with a Pentagon program that investigated reports of unidentified flying objects. Utah commercial real estate magnate Brandon Fugel purchased Skinwalker Ranch in 2016. What really interested me in this property was a conversation I had with certain scientists that approached me in 2015 that had been advising me, Fugel said, in an interview with KSL TV. And yes, that's in Vegas. Vegas, Bigelow Las Vegas. had acquired a piece of property that was supposedly the site of more paranormal activity and, quote, high strangeness than anything else being reported in the country at the time. Doesn't Utah have any TV stations? Why is the, the closest one that's interested in Las Vegas? I think this Las Vegas place is there really. They're, they tend to deal with a lot of UFO stuff and government yeah, overlap. Is that the Mecca? It must be. Well, it's Vegas. Yeah. Elvis is still there, you know. Yeah. Fugel assembled a multidisciplinary team of scientists and investigators in hopes of bringing to light answers about the unexplained events that had been taking place on the 512 acre ranch. Over four years, we have recorded phenomena that really defies all natural explanation, Google said. Numerous cameras and sensors now monitor the property 24-7 as the different field experts get a handle on transient radiation and radio frequency anomalies that have been detected. Scientists also look continually at intra infrasonic and seismic measurements recorded at the ranch. Principal investi investigator Eric Bard said a wide range of theories has emerged as to what might be behind the various unexplained events, including focused energy sources, either above or below the ground, a portal of some sort of interdimensional phenomenon, a technology of unknown origin, or even the idea of a sentient, precognitive, non-human intelligence. Ooh. Multiple people KSL interviewed also spoke of a very possible hitchhiker, quote, hitchhiker effect, in which those who have visited, stayed, and even researched at the ranch experienced phenomena and ill effects after they returned home. There is definitely an intelligence that exists on the property that is interacting with those that come and go. 
Google stuff. That is kind of scary that you could like return to your house and then you got you bring it home with you. You can't sell visit in a possible UFO sighting. On June 18th, KSL 5 reporter Andrew Adams and photographer Megan Thackeray traveled to Skinwalker Ranch to gather interviews for this story and to see what phenomena might take place during their roughly nine-hour stay there. That's Mac. That's that's our dog, Max. He's, uh, you know... Neighbors are hanging the out. Neighbors are hanging life. out, you know, so he's got a bark. You know, three-year-old... So you can visualize a three-year-old shepherd. He looks like a wolf. He's very loud and very curious about what's going on in the front there. They had been cautioned that it was very possible nothing happens at all, which also can be quite common on any given day. This day, however, quickly proved to be anything but unusual. Like the usual. Yeah, that too. It's, it's not the usual. It was long after the crew had arrived had made it through the front gate, which was guarded by armed head of security, Bryant Dragon Arnold. The dragon. And the dragon. Yeah, he's on the he's on the docu on the docu series. And then met Google as he exited from his helicopter. He's got this badass black helicopter. It's awesome. That the list of several unexplained events took place. It started with a simple malfunction of a GoPro that was operating as a secondary camera in an interview with Bard inside the ranch's nerve center. The device suddenly would not connect to the smartphone that was controlling it, which was in Thackeray's hands just feet away. One of the more common things we experience is a malfunction or shutdown of our equipment, Bard quickly chimed. Some Geary noted had even been, had even sustained permanent damage while at the ranch. After several minutes of investigation and no conclusion would, as to what had caused the issue, the crew headed outside to gather generic scenery shots on the property. Thackeray deployed her drone to capture some aerial views of the ranch lands and the iconic mesa that sat above the infamous homesteads. Upon landing, another baffling connectivity issue came to light. It says calibration failed and Thackeray said Thackeray as she read aloud the screen prompts to Google, two strong magnetic interference detected ensured there are no magnets or metal objects nearby. Google's helicopter had already flown away from the landing pad and there was nothing in sight that seemed to even suggest the possibility of some sort of magnetic interference. It was at that moment Bard came outside and revealed that the RF sensors had been lighting up sustained manner that had not occurred since the crew had arrived at the ranch. So we might think of this as an as a range across the radio dial and here it is if several stations all at once became very loud Bart's explained. It was unclear what could produce something like that so I could be so it could be detected in the middle of a rural countryside in the unit Ta Basin. I don't know what it is, or if it has any relation to what happened to your drone, Bart told Thackeray. It could be fun to figure that out. The filming was certainly curious, especially because two minutes later, Arnold and Winterton said they noticed something in the sky that appeared to look like a contrail shadow. Bart examined the horizon as well, and they retreated back into the nerve center to see if the cameras had captured anything. Interesting, and they had. 
Something moves through there, Bard exclaimed as he looked at the recording from one camera. Right here. Wonder what that guy is. The trajectory appeared to be straight up into the sky, perhaps different than what could be observed out of a plane or bird. The ranch is also equipped with technology that detects aircraft signatures as they pass through the area. Nothing seemed to correspond with what the camera captured. Oh my gosh, Bugle exclaimed as he looked at the blip on the screen, which appeared almost like a slender, perhaps cigar-shaped object. Any of those anomalies could have had perfectly natural explanations, but the timing of all of them together, wrapped up into a possible UFO sighting, seemed of high interest to the ranch's regulars. So did another drone connectivity issue when Adams and Thackeray explored near the notorious homestead number two, the epicenter for much of the ranch's unexplained activity. When these, when these guys say homesteads, they're abandoned buildings. They're abandoned homes that are in yeah. disrepair. As they say, a hundred years old. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're abandoned buildings that yeah. Yeah, with. Well, their nerve center's on obviously a new. It's in a right. new uh, facility that they built or they well, took over from Bigelow. Yeah, whoever's living there is living in it. They built new homes. But yeah, this, there's a trailer. You know, yeah. then the crews and trailers and things. Yeah, these old homesteads look ancient. Um, yeah, like Homestead so, Two is like the main. Yeah, so the, this is the second drone that can't that can't connect in this very area. Arnold said, noting a moment documented in season one of the History Channel series, where a drone operator also notably encountered troubles. This is, I mean, literally the identical spot where he couldn't get it to connect either. After walking several hundred feet away from Homestead Number Two with still no connection, Winterton had another idea. I know this is crazy, but and this is all, it's, this is yelled, will you please allow us to fly the drone? Winterton shouted as he went to the air. <laughs> Thackeray set the drone on, down on the ground, and within seconds, it connected to his controller and took flight. I that, said, that is weird. I said it out loud, and there it is in the air, Winterton said to Fugit as he, Fugle as he shrugged. Wow. So you just have to ask, and you shall be rewarded. Man. In addition to the drone and GoPro troubles, the KSL crew also experienced multiple batteries draining as a, at a far faster than they had been accustomed to. Something Bard said is common at the ranch. The unexplained, ex, the unexplained extended beyond the possible UFO sightings and the typical atypical issues with electronics. When the troop crew was filming elsewhere on the property, a pheasant was chased by another bird or pheasant as it flew into the front gate and broke its neck and died, according to Arnold. The encounter was captured on the surveillance video. I didn't see that. Birds will do that. Yeah, there's food. While Adams and Thackeray were interviewing Fugel and Arnold outside homestead number two after dark, they left an MP3 recorded flashlight on the floor inside the homestead along with a static GoPro camera to see if any audio or visual anomalies might be captured. The lone capture of note, a small plane that seemed to shoot out of the ground during a wind gust. It was usually unique. It was usually visually unique to anything Adams or Thackeray had seen before, and Fugel said would require further examination. In Fugel's knowledge, there was nothing chemically active in the soil that could explain such an event. 
but did say the area was electromagnetically influenced. It was also several feet away from a spot where transient high levels of radiation were detected during the recording of an episode of the History Channel show. It is baffling, Fugel said, in the acknowledgement of the wide range of unexplained evidence, uh, events at the ranch. Fugel and Winterden both said their experiences have altered their initial skepticism. I can't believe what it is, but I can definitely say with surety that there's something strange happening at Skinwalker Ranch, Winterton said. Fugel hoped its team of scientists will be able to uncover answers to what is causing the mysterious phenomenon of time. You really have to see it and experience it, Fugel said. Yeah, it's obviously we can't encompass the entire story of this in one hour. This is one of those things where, you know, other people have discussed it and I've listened to other podcasts and I thought, how come you can't just put, how come you can't just put this together in one episode? And you just, it's just so big and, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is there something to this? What do you think? I hope so. I hope we see You want to believe? Of course I want to believe. What's the, what's the fun in doubting? Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt it, but it just has its, like I said before, it, it's it's strangely reminiscent of the Oak Island. I mean, when we they went to the boardroom. They found a button. You know, they found a button or they find a coin and then they go dig here and they go dig there. And then 40 episodes later, they're well, still digging. They're still bringing in equipment. I haven't watched that show in... Oh, you know they're like, the same spot they were. You know, I kind of want to just come in and see if they've made any headway at all. I mean... Is there any is there any part of that island that they haven't dug into? You know, we don't have the permits, and we don't, you know, and you know, got, you know, and I don't know, four people have to die or something in order for them to, to you know, it. to find the treasure, and then, you know, it's just, but this is reminiscent, and I hung with Oak Island for a long time, Deb, and I just could, I just finally said, I bailed long ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I tried to get you interested in. You're like, what are you doing? They always did the same way. They don't wait till next time to see, and then they're going over. You know, they're going to Ireland, and they're they're like, they're international travels. This might be attached to this. You know, and I'm just feeling like. But they're having a good time. They're having a good time, and you know, they're they're making people are watching this thing. And Skinwalker, I hope is going to be. My hope is that it's going to be different well, and that, you know, we're going to be around, we're going to be doing, we'll do some further research. We'll find, you know, season two we'll put together coming. another segment and uh, season two's coming with this and, you know, we're going to wrap it up and uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Doug. Once again, uh, that wraps up another segment of the Alien Probe podcast. Check out our website at alienprobe.net, Twitter, Alien Probe Pod, Instagram, Alien Probe Pod, Facebook, the Alien Probe Podcast, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We welcome questions and comments at alienprobepodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, this is Doug. This is Deb. See you then.